Hey there, thoughtful listener. Would you like consistent and predictable sales activity with no spam and no ads? I'll teach you step by step how to do this, particularly if you're an agency owner, consultant, coach, or B2B service provider. What I teach has worked for me for more than 15 years and has helped me create more than $10 million in revenue. Just head to upmyinfluence.com and watch my free class on how to create endless high-ticket sales appointments. You can even chat with me live and I'll see and reply to your messages. Also, don't forget, the Thoughtful Entrepreneur is always looking for guests. Go to upmyinfluence.com and click on podcast. We'd love to have you. With us right now, it's Dan Levin. Dan, you are the president, COO, and co-founder of Viral Gains. You're found on the web at viralgains.com. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. What does Viral Gains do? All right. So, you know, in a nutshell, uh, we help, you know, what we say sort of in the industry is we're a zero-party data gathering engine. Uh, for enterprise brands. So let's break that down a little bit. So advertisers, they need to be able to uh, target specific individuals when they're trying to reach them with, let's say, an ad. And, you know, it's somewhat easy to do that in the, you know, somewhat easy to do that in the walled garden. So if you're in Facebook, if you're, if you're using Google, if you're using any of these tools, they have native sort of audience targeting tools that are available that, you know, you know, when you're reaching certain people, you can select those things. But, you know, what a lot of people forget, uh, marketers certainly don't, but uh, some, some, you know, regular people don't know is just how much of the internet is not the walled garden. So you've got, you know, let's say a handful of walled gardens, maybe there's five of them. And then there's millions and millions of other websites, whether it's the New York Times, whether it's Clash of Clans on an app, whether it's motortrend.com, there's millions and millions of publishers, and we call that the open web. And so what we do is using the open web, uh, we help marketers uh, build uh, highly uh, relevant audiences to themselves so that they can then target those uh, either with us in the open web, or they can do that then uh, by themselves inside of the walled gardens. Yeah. Um, so where did viral gains come from? Uh, you know, when I, when I was five years old, I had this idea for a programmatic advertising platform. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what I was thinking when I was five. I was thinking about being an astronaut or something, but <laughs> no, so the idea came at the beginning of, I would say the social media revolution. And one of the things that was so interesting about social media is that it was the first time that media became, you know, sort of from a unilateral one directional uh, uh, form of media to a two directional before that, whether it was print or television or radio, it was always, Hey, you have a set of sort of, um, you know, call it a tastemakers that would determine what is the zeitgeist of the day. Uh, you know, it didn't matter what it was. It was always editors. And even in the early days of the internet, you know, you'd go to newyorktimes.com and whatever the editors determined was, you know, the interesting thing was there. And then social media came around and it was this revolutionary idea that, uh, you know, consumers controlled what was popular. You know, if you went on Twitter, what's viral of the day is not what some what the Twitter editorial staff determines is going to be relevant. It's whatever the people wanted it to be. And so when brands were st sort of first starting to put their content online, 
uh, they were met with a big middle finger, right? Consumers, you know, because they're like, hey, let me put my repurposed, you know, 30, you know, two minute TV ad from two in the morning on uh, reddit.com and you guys will all consume or YouTube and you'll all consume it, right? And consumers are like, absolutely not. And all of a sudden brands had to deal with this idea uh, that, uh, you know, they can no longer control the conversation. They have to have a two-way dialogue with consumers. That just changed forever and we're still there. Now the internet is all very, very, very conversational. Brands are engaging, posting interesting content on platforms like TikTok and others. And so the sort of fundamental way that we build audiences that sort of completely different viral gains from the way that I think most of the industry does it is we do a ton of survey-based uh, mm. audience collection. And so, you know, just a little bit of insight, the way that usually, you know, audience targeting works is, you know, maybe someone was reading an article uh, about trucks on some website three months ago. And there's going to be a set of data providers that are going to say truck contender. You know, Josh is interested in trucks. It's why everyone jokes that, you know, you look at something and, it, you know, ads follow, follow you around for like, you know, five years after you buy something and you're still seeing the ad for that thing that you put in your shopping cart five years ago. And so what we do is we take a very different approach. We ask people, hey, are you interested in trucks? If you are interested in trucks, are you interested in buying a truck over the next period of time? And if you are, what's important to you in a truck? Is it that it's, you know, roomy? Is it that it's powerful? Is it fuel efficient? Is it that it is a safety of it? And we drill down and we keep drilling down. And so what zero party data really is, is, you know, everyone's heard of first party and third party. Zero party is data that you have as an entity that someone volunteered. You know, it's a slight difference from, let's say, first party data. First party data would be, let's say, if you were on Facebook and you're there to talk to your grandma or your friends. But in the meantime, as a proxy of having that relationship with Facebook, Facebook is pulling all this information about you. Yeah. What do you like? Who, like, where do you like to go? What kind of things do you do? So they're building these giant profiles about you, even though you didn't want them to have that. You didn't want them to know what brand of cereal you eat. You just wanted to talk to grandma. But as a proxy of the relationship, they have that data. Zero yeah. party data is data that somebody voluntarily gives you and says, I want you to know what's important to me in a car brand. I want you to know what kind of cereal I like to buy. And so, you know, the idea was sort of born, you know, get to your question in the sort of beginning days of social media, this idea that, that there's now this huge two-way dialogue mechanism that started with social media. And we've taken that and said, wait a minute, if it works in social media broadly, couldn't that work in advertising? Why does marketing always have to be the talk, you know, the, the sort of listener and advertising Advertising has to be the talker? We said, no, no, you can put two-way interactive sort of, um, you know, dialogue into an ad slot. And that way, when you're seeing an ad from, let's say, I'm making it up Toyota, you know, rather than just following you creepily and trying to show you the same ad five times or buying data from some unknown marketplace, they can oh, literally yeah. ask you, are you interested in us? Because- if Android were just to ask me, am I ever going to get an Android? The answer is no. Stop advertising to me. Yeah, right. They get it. And so our, our, our clients are seeing huge efficiency gains from A, knowing where the data came from. There's a privacy component to it. Knowing that it's recent, knowing how it was sourced, and being able to basically ask any question that their imagination can come up with. It's a very powerful tool. So, um, so the ads, uh, if the goal was like, well, how might the ads look? 
or, or maybe give an example of like a ad that you uh, recommended or revised on for a client. Uh, well, you know, I'll just stick to the generic use case, which is it could be, you know, uh, pick any vertical, any example, you know, again, let's say making it up, let's say it's a Pampers is the brand. And it's a normal ad that they would be normally buying anyways in any environment. So that was sort of one of the realizations, which was, wait a minute, you've got someone's attention. And that's a very difficult thing to get in this day and age. And you've got their attention in that moment in time with all the noise happening and they're right there. And you're just going to show them an ad and that's it. We, it's just a waste. And so what we do is uh, we're very good uh, from a UX UI perspective. So imagine an ad now for Pampers and on the bottom, it just says in a nice translucent sort of you know, very translucent, non-disruptive way into the ad itself. It could be even a portion of all the people that are seeing it. It'll just say, Hey, is Pampers your favorite diaper brand? It'll say yes, no, and item by diapers. Boom. They're still watching the ad. It's all within 30 to 60 seconds. Watching the ad, and then maybe it, you know, it, it keeps going. At the end, depending on what they did early on, at the end of the ad, before it goes to the next piece of content, let's say, it'll be another quick little survey. And it depends on what they said. If they said, I don't buy diapers, the answer is, you know, we might want to know why were we originally targeting these people? We might say, you know, the answers could be, someone else in the household buys diapers. We're like, oh, it's a household thing. Gotcha. Maybe it's not Josh. It's someone else. They could say, my kids are too old. Oh, so they used to be in a segment of parents, but now they're a little bit older. Or maybe it says, I don't have kids. So we know that we know that we can, um, we know that, um, well, if they say, uh, you know, they say, I don't buy, yeah, exactly. That could be it. If they said, if they didn't say, um, if they didn't say, I don't buy diapers, they just said, no, Pampers isn't my favorite diaper brand. Maybe the questions are, what's important to you in a diaper? Leaks, it prevents, uh, you know, it's soft to the touch, it's eco-friendly, it biodegrades, and it's all happening in the context of a normal ad that you would see anywhere on the internet. It's just that we said, why waste these media dollars? I mean, waste is, is, is not the right way to put it. The better way is, why can't we extract more value out of that? Mm. And everybody wins. The consumer wins because... You know, they're going to be able to volunteer information. That's they get to state their preference. That's like, it. Josh, you yeah. know, that's really what it is. In this day and age of everyone just feeling like they're constantly being followed at yeah. every nook and cranny, you know, from your, you know, from the, 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 you know, the, the phone companies knowing exactly yeah. where you are, everywhere you go, every time you do anything, as, lo- as long as you're not like a cave person, data is being extracted. And sometimes it's just wrong it's the wrong inference, it's offensive. And we just said, hey, clearly consumer, and that's why you have ad blockers as a thing. Oh yeah. Ads because yeah. it's irrelevant, they feel like it's creepy. And you know what that does? It hurts the publishers. And that's mm-hmm. the, uh, the the worst part of it is that, you know, the big giants, they can command a, uh, they can command uh, a subscription. You know, Spotify, you subscribe to Netflix, you'll subscribe to YouTube Red, you'll subscribe to, but as a consumer, you're only going to subscribe to a handful of places. What are these sort of independent, uh, you know, content creators supposed to do if they can't monetize with advertising? They'll just go away. And so, in some ways, it's a sort of defense of free speech, you could say. So, yeah. yeah. 
I'll tell you, you know, not to derail the conversation, but, you know, something that, that you know, made me think of this um, a few months ago, I was just getting, I was getting slammed with ads on Facebook for like marketing services and, you know, just like selling stuff to me because I'm a decision maker with a business or something like that. So I got in the habit. I started just clicking X on every irrelevant ad and mm -hmm. I get better ads today. Now I get yeah. ads for stuff like uh, concerts in my area, uh, you know, arcade games, like just like stuff that I'm actually really interested in. I'm just not going to click on and go through someone's funnel. If you're a marketing agency, sorry, I'm just, no, thanks. Um, but that would be an, you know, kind of an example, and you know, um, a really good book. Um, have you met Mark Schaefer, Marketing Rebellion? He would probably really love, um, this, this this book right here, but um, Mark Schaefer, uh, you know, really has kind of done a lot of great work around, um, you know, how marketers really need to be a lot more empathic to consumers because they're the ones in charge. Uh, I love it. This is really, really cool. And I'll tell you, I, I mean, I just have not even, even heard the term uh, zero party data. And I was today years old. <laughs> it's music when I heard this, and this makes perfect sense. I love it. That's music to my ears. Uh, it just, it just, you know, for us, it's all we live and breathe. Uh, yeah. It's both music to my ears and also like, you know, uh, you know, an annoying drum solo because it's like, oh man, we got to get out there even more, but also it just goes to show you how big the opportunity out there is for this. Yeah. Your website, viralgains.com. Uh, what would you recommend? Maybe someone's listening to our podcast because they, you know, they did a search on you, found a podcast. Now they listen to a conversation. Now they're kind of ready to uh, do a little bit deeper uh, dive with you. What's, what's next in that journey? For them or for us? Uh, yeah. So our listener right now, where do they go from here? Oh, well, look, I mean, you know, our website's the best way to uh, to to engage with uh, with uh, our company, and you know everything that we do. You know you you're not going to be able to go on our website and you know just click a bunch of buttons and check out, because when you think about it, these things are highly bespoke, right? What one brand cares about in particular is different from what another one cares about. Now, don't get me wrong. There's you know the amount of technology behind it. To to you know, we haven't even talked about the AI piece of it, but we don't have to necessarily. There's a lot that goes into the sort of the business and that the technology required to understand consumers, to scale them, but also, you know, in particular, you know, again, someone like Pampers might want to know, I need to find people specifically that care about the biodegradability of diapers. And then someone like Ford might want to say, I specifically need an audience of people that are, you know, they're, you know, they want something sporty, but also conscious of the environment. And I need that mm. over and so, you know, we take, you know, we do a, a real intake with every single um, brand and agency, uh, a lot of agencies that, you know, that we work with on behalf of those brands to just make sure that what we're doing makes sense for them. And also like what they're going to do with the audience. Cause you know, the other piece of it that we haven't talked about is, well, again, we did a little bit, there's the insights that you're gathering, which is what is important to the, to my potential consumers. You know, if I take a million of my, my generic customers, if I'm Pampers, I kind of want to know why they're buying me. I want to maybe understand what it is, but just as importantly, the ones that aren't buying me, you know, sort of everyone's got their CRM and they, they all have their existing customers, but if they're trying to find net new, they want to understand what makes those people tick. So first they get the insights and then those insights turn into addressable audiences. So just engaging with us directly is the best way.
Awesome. And again, the website is viralgains.com. Uh, there's a lot of great information. You can learn about the platform itself. I love it. Uh, and uh, Dan, it's been great having you uh, on the podcast as well. Again, co-founder, president, CEO, Viral Gains. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it was a pleasure. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.